Hey, you guys! Welcome to the Football Goonies Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick. Here, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the FF Goonie. Uh, we're still in our timid mode of not ever getting sued, even though it's highly unlikely. Um, we're going to probably end up rebranding the Goonies name because, honestly, it's a little too scary. Um, so, contest alert, or just help alert. Come at me with uh, any ideas to rename the show. Um, the only thing is it can't be copyright infringement and it can't be already taken. Uh, all submissions are welcome. Please message me on the group me or at Twitter. Um, today we are going to do the week one review of the Keeper and Dynasty League. Give my thoughts, a little commentary on each matchup, and uh, have a good time. So, welcome. Uh, thanks for everyone joining me. And uh, I hope that everyone had a great first week. I mean, can we just for a second talk about the fact that it opened up with this friggin' just monstrous melee barrage of points uh, with a with a clutch ending with the Tampa Bay Dallas game, and then we we bookend it with a little less quality on the offense, but. Still exciting back and forth uh, Raiders Ravens game that I honestly think has the most insane ending of all time that I can remember. Uh, for anyone that didn't watch, basically in overtime, yeah, in overtime, the so first of all, the Raiders tied with barely any time left after the Ravens went up with not much time left. Uh, it was a Dan Carlson 55-yard field goal, which was the longest of his career to tie the game, send it to overtime with two seconds left. Then the Raiders went down, um, just driving through Brian Edwards into a touchdown for the win. It ended up being called back, and this is after, like, both teams were congratulating each other, everyone. Like, game was over, as far as, like, you could tell if you didn't have instant replay. And he ended up being down at the half-yard line. The Raiders absolutely should... They couldn't convert. They ended up... Uh, they couldn't run it in, then a penalty, and then a pass in the end zone... That goes through the hands of the receiver, hits the defender in the head, pops across the end zone, and ends up being intercepted by the Ravens. It was just insane. And then they come back and the Ravens are heading down, marching down the field, to which the Raiders then force a turnover through a Lamar Jackson sack, recovered the fumble, which was a impressive play if you watched it um shout out too to the ravens defense i mean i mean sorry the raiders defense uh the ravens offense is a little unorthodox and harder to play at times and we didn't think much of the raiders defense last year 
I, I know a lot of points still went up, but they, they, they actually impressed and played pretty well. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but they have the makings and like the good building blocks to move into the future with some more important free agent or draft picks in the future that like really solidifies it. So that was good on them. And then they drove down, get into field goal range, get pushed out of field goal range, get back into field goal range, and is it looks like they're going to run the clock down or run it in just to see if uh, they can get a little closer for the field goal. It ends up being a fake play with this like lob off foot pass to Zay Jones for a walk-off touchdown. It was just insane. Uh, anyone that watched it, man, it was just a good time to watch. Uh, I know myself personally, I haven't watched football in a couple of years uh, with all the stuff going on with it. Just had no interest in it, but I've been kind of jonesing so much that I've given it a shot, and I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. It's been the reasons why I walked away from watching the game. Haven't been present, and honestly, like, what a week to come back to. Uh, football can be boring and mundane at times, and these games were anything but. Um, the ones I saw, and or like the main slate ones. So, kudos to uh, the NFL this go around. Anyways, so back to the wonderful game of fantasy football. We're going to be coming in here, and we're going to be going through the new fantastic empire uh, keeper league week one matchups, and then followed up with prestige dynasty worldwide, wide, wide. So. Uh, Sit tight, kitties, and uh, buckle up. There is a little bit of heartbreak in here, and it's going to be fun to go through. So let's do it. So starting off in the first matchup, we had Team Texas Bear with Popeye Sailorman. And honestly, I did a bad job of, of prepping this week compared to last week, too. So I don't remember who I picked entirely for all these matchups. Um, but... Uh, we'll go through it and we'll just kind of comment. Uh, the big shocker in this matchup was obviously Aaron Rodgers just taking a huge dump. Uh, I saw a stat that he was the number 35 quarterback on the week, even though there's only 32 teams in the NFL. And then uh, and then on top of that, there was another one. I don't know if y'all heard, or at least some of you haven't, is that if he had just taken a snap and thrown the ball as a spike in the ground every play he would have had a better passer rating than what he ended up with um so that was the real tale of the tape as uh team texas bear lost 109.12 to 129.26 so an easy 21 or 22 to 23 points which is especially in this league with six touchdowns or six points per passing touchdown super easy for aaron Rodgers to hit and he ended up not doing that um some of the other big disappointments and basically that's what the uh the kind of reason why this game was semi-close if you really think about it but why texas bear lost was a lot of disappointment uh some of his studs with deandre hopkins amari cooper came through uh dj chark had a surprisingly good game but i mean and josh jacobs didn't put up much yards, but two touchdowns will get you there. But um, you look at it, and Miles Gaskin only 10.1 points. 
um, Robert Tanya in 1.8 because of the Aaron Rodgers game. And Calvin Ridley only 7.6, which was uh, really heartbreaking, I know, for a lot of you guys that are Falcons fans out there on the listening pool. And then on the other side, keeping it close, Mark Andrews only had 3.5. Allen Robinson only had 6.5. The big shocker was obviously that, and all these woulda, coulda, shouldas, but um, the two big ones is uh, Kirk Cousins obviously would have been a better play in retrospect, but... I mean, how do you bet against Aaron Rodgers? And that would have won it for uh, Tyler. And then also the play of uh, Rob Gronkowski. And that one actually, I it honestly seems like it could have happened because he's, uh, he's always been a big Gronk fan and he's been putting trust in him. So I could have seen a way of playing in Tanyan. But, I mean, it is what it is. He ends up dropping to 0-1, to and uh, Popeye Sellerman advances with the win. Uh, next up, we had Finkel is Einhorn versus the SC Honkers. Big matchup. Um, I'm probably sure I picked SC Honkers to win. Uh, he's got a good lineup. And then, uh, obviously, I think Brian would tell you that he was going to dominate, and that just did not work out. Um, notably... Huge game from both the quarterbacks, but Kyler Murray was just way too much for Tom Brady. Um, but he did soften the blow a little bit with Aaron Jones crapping the bed, James Robinson crapping the bed. That one I'm a little worried about. Uh, Mike Evans crapping the bed. That one I'm also a little worried about. Um, and then surprisingly good, great game from TJ Hawkinson. I didn't expect it to go that high. And then okay games, and then of Higgins, Deontay Johnson, and Robert Woods. Uh, But it was enough because Antonio Gibson didn't have a great game. Terry McLaren obviously did not have a good game. And then the big ones were for uh, Brian losing as he lost by, looks like about less than 15 points, were Raheem Mostert only getting two points, getting injured almost immediately after 20 yards on two carries. And then Mike Gusecki doing nothing. Um, Didn't really have any other option as far as tight end. He obviously hurt himself by not playing people like uh, Antonio Brown instead of probably Robbie Anderson. Um, Other than that, I don't really see how he would have done anything differently. Um, And there was still some potential left on the bench, too, with Corey Davis going off on the bench and DeAndre Swift which is kind of validation for uh, Dan there. So congrats, Dan won the game. Uh, next up, my mortal enemy, Axel, uh, Axel with Unjour in France, versus Team Chris 1914. Uh, Pat Mahomes ended up being the, the big win here for Axel um, over Josh Allen. Some would say Allen could potentially go ahead of Pat Mahomes, but this week he was about 20 points behind him, so uh, that did not work out well for Chris. Uh, Other than that, Julio was a disappointment. Zeke was a major disappointment uh, on the other side, and Eckler was kind of a disappointment on the other side. Najee was a disappointment. Pittman was a disappointment. Uh, This was a real nail-biter, though, at the end because... uh, the Monday night game, man, it looked like Axel was going to lose for a little while until that uh, last drive with Darren Waller. 
uh, getting the touchdown because Axel needed to win. Going into it, I think he had a four-point lead or something, and it looked like he had it handily, and then the Marquise Brown <laughs> touchdown happened, and oh man, I thought Axel was going to lose, but Darren Waller came through for him, uh, which is hilarious because as I said in the last episode, he did not want to draft Darren Waller, and it shows what he knows about fantasy football. Um, the real concerning ones, obviously, Pittman barely getting targeted in this game. Um, Najee, I wouldn't worry too much about that. It was just terrible line, good D off or D line. Uh, but the Zeke one was a little scary. That line is definitely a problem. But they're using him to block, so. You don't get fantasy points for that. And then the Julio one, I'm not really sure what to make of him. Uh, hopefully there's better days for Chris other than when he plays me. But this was, I think, the lowest score to win. Yeah, at 108.78 versus 96.2. So Axel should not feel too proud of himself as he would have lost to every other person that won. Plus two of the teams that lost. Uh, in Texas Bear and a, another team that I will be getting to in two matchups. Next up, we had Los Poyos Hermanos versus Chase. Um, the great return of of Gil, the injury man. Uh, quite funny. Uh, he did lose Gallup Thursday night, even though he didn't play him. Uh, speaking of which, oh no, Michael Thomas is COVID right now, so that one works out for him. Um, with all the injuries that happen, it's really shocking that no significant player went down for Gill, as he is known to lose half his team in a season. Uh, so I'm glad he made it through that and was able to get the win on top of it. Um, 120.28 to 94.74, handily beating Chase and all those extra draft picks that just couldn't make up for the terrible keepers. Um, the big ones were Derrick Henry, not doing well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, not doing well. And Kyle Pitts, not doing well. Saquon Barkley, not doing well. Basically a whole bunch of blah mixed in with a couple of decent games with uh, Cooper Cup and Mike Williams doing well and Lamar Jackson having an okay game but not great. Uh, on the other side, it just seemed like pretty much all consistency other than the combo of Tyreek and Kelsey. Uh, you hate to see that two players from the same team manage to win a game, but that's what they do, man. They are two of the best in the business, and that offense is amazing. Uh, not really much that could have been done other than sit in your studs like Henry, Edwards, Hilaire, and Saquon. Had he done that, he could have won a game. But, I mean, who's going to do that for Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Cooks, uh, Trevor Lawrence over Lamar Jackson at this point? Uh, it was just a whole bunch of uh, couldn't do it and better days are ahead. So, congratulations to Gil for getting through it, though. And then finally, the marquee matchup, the two titans of the fantasy gridiron, your FF Emperor himself, yours truly the FF Goonie, your illustrious commissioner versus Team Groovy Drew. Uh, it's always fun to play Drew. Me and him are always very competitive in both leagues. And um, it was a really amazingly back and forth brawler of a matchup. 
Uh, funniest part was my worst performing player was my best player in Devontae Adams. Or second best player, actually, in Devontae Adams. Uh, on the other side, the people that let him down. I mean, Mike Davis, that's not really a big question mark. Uh, eh, against a decent run defense. But uh, George Kittle, uh, I was a little shocked. I didn't get to watch this game. It was a little confusing to see on the ticker. My assumption was he started off decently hot immediately. They went up massively, and he just kind of took it off. I don't even know if he was on the field for those snaps or if he was just pulling up, not really running routes because they didn't need him. They had such a massive lead. Uh, I was genuinely hurt, worried he was hurt because I have him in another league, but then he ended up having one more catch later in the day, and it's just one of those games, I guess. Uh, we had a back and forth, though. The quarterback, 33 to 35 points. Uh, our number one running backs, 23 to 21 points. Our backup running backs, 16 to 18. I mean, you see in a correlation, it's like a little bit off. Uh, 19 to 16 on the one of the wide receivers. Uh, the big one, though, was Adam Thielen having the massive day as the best non-quarterback player in this with 25.7 points. Actually, I take that back. Second best because I also had Debo Samuel. That's right. The uh, the crapped-on pair of Debo and Thielen that no one wanted to draft, giving me, what, like a fifth-round pick in Thielen and a, a sixth or seventh-round pick in Debo Samuel. And these guys come and combine for, what, 53.1 points? I mean, you guys must be kicking yourselves in the butt. Uh, you hear me talk like this, and it's no wonder that I came out ahead. Um, congrats, though. Groovy Drew had the second highest total of the week in the league at 139.06. Next closest was, I believe, uh, Popeye Sailorman at 129. So he outscored him by almost 10 full points. The only problem was he fell into a juggernaut trap of myself at 163.92 um i mean i didn't even need to the fact that i didn't play the number like what three or four running back on the week with uh jamal williams just sitting on my bench a couple other double digit guys on my bench nope don't need it whatever um congrats though drew had a heck of a game he missed his best projection by like what two points or less than two points so uh it's a heck of an effort but i mean horseshoes and hand grenades i just wonder what everyone is thinking to themselves as they look at this marquee matchup and they realize that i didn't have a first or a second round pick and yet I come out here and I just dominate everyone. Uh, chances are it might not last quite like this, but I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Uh, kudos to myself, too, for picking up Tyson Williams, uh, even though everyone laughed at my $11 spent. I guess I just gave you all too much credit for thinking that he would be worthwhile when no one else put a waiver transaction on him, so... Uh, I don't mind losing $11 on uh, greatness, so uh, well on my way to the first second-time champion in the league, 
and I look forward to uh, continuing to beat up on all of you. Uh, that thus concludes the new Fantastic Empire Week 1. Next up, we have Prestige Dynasty Worldwide, Wide, Wide. Uh, this one was much more of a nail-biter for yours, truly. Uh, not so much on the wins, although I did not win as handily as I should have. But I almost didn't make the medium. Median. So, uh, for the people that don't understand, this one has a little bit of a control point where you not only get a point for winning your matchup, but for being in the top half of the league in most points scored on the week. So, there's actually up to two points per team to be had. Um, it's a way to kind of even out the guy that plays amazingly well all season long, has high scores, but just runs into a brick wall of the top score every week. Um, doesn't guarantee that he makes the playoff, but as the person that generally most most seasons I end up with the most points against or near the top, so um, it's helped me in the past weekend of the playoff one year, I believe, but uh, it's a cool, fun way to play. Gives it a little interesting twist. Uh, so first up, we had Do It For Axel, Chris's team, versus GA Dogs For Life. Um, unfortunately, this one didn't go the way of Chris either, getting blown out 138.22 to 104.9. Um, quarterbacks were Pat Mahomes and Fitzpatrick. This was part of the loss. Uh, Fitzpatrick went down almost immediately, only having six attempts. I believe for like 13 yards on three completions. Uh, got .72 points. You just can't handle that in a 2QB league. Uh, and then, again, more disappointment from some guys with Henry Jones, Galladay Pitts, and Fant in the flex. He didn't really have a ton of options there. Um... Some decent, the bright lights was he has CMC, he has Pat Mahomes, and Diggs had an okay game. Uh, he does have Tyson Williams in this one, uh, this division. That's a great reason why in Dynasty sometimes you need to keep your fab through the offseason. We actually separate it where we have two sets of fab, one offseason, one in-season. And he was smart enough to keep the most amount of the people that were interested. So, great pickup there. Um, some misses on it. Uh, people he really couldn't play. Uh, Deontay, what was his name? Uh, yeah, Deontay Harris. Not going to play him. Nelson Aguilar. Not going to play him. Can't really blame Chris. Just not a great week for him. On the other side, Jalen Hurts, Teddy Bridgewater. Both good games. Uh this big win was in spite of Ronald Jones giving him negative 0.6 points. He must be, I believe, the worst player on the slate. And that's going up against a QP at 0.72 points. Uh, other than that, it was just pretty solid across the board. Uh, his running backs were real weak, but the receivers and flexes and tight end all scored double digits. And a handy win and making it for that second point in the median. Uh, next up, we had Team Groovy Drew versus Team Greenwood. Chris versus Drew. 
Uh, this was a little bit of a redemption for Drew. He had a massive week scoring 151.3. I believe that was the second most by only, he missed by like three points. Um, versus Chris's 130.54. Uh, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill. Pretty even. Uh, with Murray and Burrow edging out the ladder each time. But it wasn't a complete blowout on that position. Unlike the running backs. Um, I believe that I had called for a Zeke-Jones combo. Uh, for the win probably in that side. But my goodness, did they fail with 4-9 and 3-2 points versus Chubb's 21 and uh, Damian Harris's 10, even with a fumble. Uh, on the other side, the receivers really did it for Chris with Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin at 31-19 and 19 versus a sad Claypool and Higgins combo. But on that side, he did rebound because TJ Hawkinson... Had a massive game, double, almost doubling the points of Goddard. And then in the flex, uh, the big difference maker was Devonta Smith. And when you combine the running backs, the tight end, and a little edge in the quarterback, it was just too much for Chris to handle. Um, so Drew ended up with the first place and in the top uh, in the top half of the league, so getting two points. Uh some pivot plays that could have helped him. I'm not sure Chris had any as I look down. Uh, Jamar Chase could have been a little helpful, and Gronk would have been the big one. Uh, I don't know if that would have been enough. Probably not. I mean, he would have had to play Jamar over McLaren or bench Zeke or Jones to get Gaskin up there and then play him. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, um,. Once again, the Gronk's the only one that could have di differentiated this that would have been a plausible pivot, but it just wouldn't have been enough by itself. Thought I lost the recording for a second, sorry. So, congrats to Drew to uh, not facing me in this division. Not that he didn't outscore me, but it might have been a different one, or a different game had I played him. So... Next up, we have Bob the Rebuilder Dance Team versus our defending champ, Fearless Red with Mr. Schultz at the quarterback position. Oh, by the way, let's just, uh, spoiler alert, he had the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Najee Harris, Mar uh, Marquez Callaway, so this was a massive blowout. Uh, Schultz won handily, 136.2 to 89.72. Uh, when you got a eh, Lamar, a terrible Rodgers, eh, eh, eh. I, honestly, I don't know. Travis Kelsey was the only bright spot. And then I guess getting double digits from Sammy Watkins and Robbie Anderson, even though Robbie had only one catch on three targets. I mean, you can't really expect it. At least he got 89 points. Uh I mean, he ran up against it. Russell Wilson, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, CeeDee Lamb, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Even bad performances out of Kittle, Ridley, and Evans just couldn't stop the champ. So he ended up with two points. Congrats on that. Uh, next up, we had My Name is Chris versus Team Texas Bear. Now, 
My name is Chris's Clay's team, but if you're not aware, the only people that have ever won the Dynasty League are all named Chris. Three separate Chris's. So, he's trying it out. We'll see if it works for him. Um, spoiler, or let's just get out ahead of it. Uh, Clay ended up with the highest score of the week, getting 154.32 versus 95.78, having a massive almost 60-point win. Um, I mean, what more is there to say? Cousins, stud. Stafford, stud. Mixon, stud. A.J. Brown, these okay game. Justin Jefferson, a little disappointing, but still double-digit. Waller, stud. Allen, good. Lockett, stud. Uh, Raheem Mostert only got him two points. He still ended up with the highest score. And that's not to say he couldn't have even gotten more. I mean, he left on his bench 15, 15. That's two running backs. 18 with another running back with Montgomery. Hollywood left 16. Van Jefferson, 15. DJ Chark, 16. Uh, A tight end with 15 points. I mean... The team is stacked, and that's even including guys like Ayuk not doing anything. I mean, this is one of my favorite teams in the league other than the quarterback position. So, um, great definitive win on the other side. It was Allen and Herbert both disappointing along with Saquon. Uh, Gasicki getting nothing. Robinson sucking. Judy getting hurt, which was devastating. Uh, losing Judy and having a little thin on the bench um i mean he's got melvin gordon a couple other pieces that performed but not enough to really float we'll see how the next few weeks goes but honestly if i'm team texas bear i'm maybe he's like in this middle land of do i rebuild or do i try to go for it and i think honestly he could probably move a couple pieces that aren't going to pay off or he's not going to be winning in the near future to pay off but that's just the way I would manage it. His team is his team, and we'll see how that turns out. Uh, you can expect some trade offers from me in the near future, though. Um, and then, of course, the marquee matchup, not really, was Tom gets it done. Name change pending. That's myself, the FF Goonie, versus Untouchables, Gary's team. Now, Gary should have been destroyed, blown out, but he actually outperformed while I underperformed and really made me sweat it a little bit um, in more ways than one. The one is myself. Uh, Dak had a huge game. Big Ben screwed the pooch for me. Gibson did not play well. Kamara was okay. Deontay okay. Debo was great. Uh, a bunch of okays to disappointing, but I mean, I left a lot of points on the bench. I have several 20, 30, and many more double-digit points, but I played it safe and didn't take the risk knowing that I probably was going to pull out a win. I just didn't know how eked out it would be for that second point. On the other side, uh, Daniel Jones surprisingly did decent. Jimmy Garoppolo was okay, but Eckler hurt him, thankfully. (laughs) Uh, Carson was not great, but Thielen made it interesting, and uh, Brandon Cooks. So I actually had a little help against Russell Gage and Eckler, basically. Uh, good valiant effort. Uh, Gary's in a rebuild, so it was surprising to see him uh, do so well this match. And I eked it out like you would not believe. 
Um, I believe I did not have anyone in the late night game, but I was sweating it with the Rams game. So Sunday night, uh, Higby just wasn't getting it there for me. And there were a couple of teams that hadn't quite got up there, but I was expecting them to bypass me on the median score. And basically, it was a battle between me and Greenwood, and that last catch by Higby put me barely above him, and I eked out a one and a half or a one point four point uh, win on getting that second point in the league. So that was a real nail biter for me. I'm not usually used to being so close to the medium. It was or median. It was just a bad week for me. Um, congrats to everyone that did really well. Uh, it was very interesting. A couple of nail biters, but nothing quite like mine or Axel's on the other league. Um, looking forward to week two. I think it's going to be an even better matchup. I'm looking forward to this whole season. We got off starting with a bang. Uh, the only thing I hope is we're a little more active on the chats. I know we had a little bit, but uh, it wasn't much. Some people are busy. Myself, I work and stuff on the weekends a lot of times. So uh, let's just try to keep our little tight-knit community family going and uh, be a little more active on the chat. And hopefully we have a great time and many more wins for yours truly. And I guess a couple others of you. Uh, anyways, congrats to the winners. Uh, sorry. Lick your wounds to the losers. And hopefully most of you can bounce back. Unless you're playing me, of course. And uh, as always, remember, Goonies never say die.